Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Welcome to Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on, man? Frankie! It was a wild weekend. Yeah. Week two is nearly in the books. Yep. Uh, not, not too great from a betting standpoint, but for myself, a pretty good fantasy week. Should have listened to my bets, man, on Friday on the BFFs. Nailed Kansas City again. Nailed Cleveland Messed up on Houston, which I would have doubled down on on Sunday. Um, but I forgot on Friday when we were talking about this, I forgot Vrabel was the old defensive coordinator for Houston. Oh, and the revenge I, game. And Randy. if I remembered that, I would have been all over it. But I missed it. It's on me. I know some people actually had the Texans and Survivor this week. So true story. Sunday morning, I have a partner in Survivor. that We've done it literally together for 10 years now. And we had the Rams the whole way. The Rams the whole way. And then we find out that Mariota's not playing. It's playing Gabbert. They're down to their third string left tackle. They have nothing left. Should we take Houston? And I'm just like, what do we do? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I get it. And then I just said, let's not get cute. Let's stick to our gut. Let's go with the Rams and, and stay with it. Hey, man. Staying alive. Look, the BFFs. We're the Survivor guys. Staying alive. We're the Survivor guys. Staying alive. Not being too cute. We had both, we had both picks correctly. I said Rams and Chargers. Yep, yep. I differentiated. I used Rams in one, Chargers in the other. All good. And, go. and we stayed, you know, nice even keeled. Week three, much easier than week two. Because you have the Vikings at home against the Bills, so life is good. <laughs> um, and the other reason I didn't take the Texans yesterday was because I believe it's either week four or five. The Texans play the Bills at home. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, which, you know, the Texans after next week, it's going to be an interesting week. The Texans and Giants face off. People probably take the Texans, by the way, in that game of Survivor. One of those teams is going to be 0-3. Probably the Giants, because they're terrible. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. It's all right. I'm sorry for you. That was a brutal game, man. That was yeah. such a bad game to watch on, like, all fronts. Like, so, shout out to the Cowboys fan. Like, they, they handled their business. Absolutely. They did their thing. Like, no problems there. Absolutely. It was just a boring game, dude. It was so, so boring. I agree. But I don't because my fantasy matchup, my home league, obviously my most important league. Oh, you're going up against Evan Ingram? One of my most important leagues. We are essentially tied going into Sunday Night Football. I have Saquon Barkley. He has Ezekiel Elliott. And I was like, so that was like super fun. And it wasn't so fun when Ezekiel Elliott scored the touchdown. I needed like three points on the last drive from Saquon. I was like, he's definitely going to dump it off at least twice. And I nailed it. So, I survived. So you ended up winning? I did. I did. I wound, up, I wound up winning by the skin of my teeth in that one. My other league, where I... The other league was really... My other most important league um, was very, very frustrating. Because I had Patty Mahomes throw for six touchdowns, which was awesome. Uh, and he had Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> throw for four and run, one for, run for one, uh, which was not so fun. They were the number... I think they were, what, number one in... Two or something like that Dude. in terms of quarterback. I know Fitzpatrick was up there. Too Dude, long. it was brutal. I had him Mahomes and faced Ben. I had Antonio Brown, who did nothing. I faced Mason Crosby. It was like what did he do? Nineteen points. Oh my god! Yeah, and kickers, bro. It was. I wanted. I tried. Um, it was brutal. It, it was absolutely brutal. I faced AJ Green on Thursday night in this league. It it, it just stunk, you know. Um, but I need um, I need about fifty points tonight. From uh, <laughs> Jordan Howard and Brandon Marshall. Do you need a quarterback in the flex league by any chance? Who's a quarterback? A, Cam Newton, I believe. Oh, so you're good. You'll be okay. Yeah, you're it. pretty good. I have Cam Newton and Case Keenum. I have Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes. I have Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes in Carton's league. I was like, all right. I mean, I have the number one and two quarterback for week two. I have the same thing in Carton's and league. And look, both, both teams' defenses are not good. 
No. Like Patrick Mahomes and Big Ben are going to be in shootouts every single get week. Get better, man. Eric Berry's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I love the Chiefs. It'll make them slightly better. I picked the, Ra- the, Ra- but... the Rams versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I had to, right? Assuming I did. I don't know what you did. I'm assuming I, I can go back and look. You might have. You might have had the Texans there. I know you were excited about the Texans. I was. I, I hope. I was also excited about the Chiefs. Those are my two teams. I had the Rams and the Chargers, and you know, I might have picked Jackson. Chargers. Shout out to the Chargers bouncing back against the Bills. Who saw that coming? Everybody. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, how did you do in your home leagues? Well. In my home leagues? Yeah. I think overall I have, I play in six season-long leagues. Everything else is best ball. I think as of right now, I'm going to go five and one this week. And the only team that is not doing great is a team that we share together. And by we, me, you, and Michael Florio. Yeah, it seems terrible. It's terrible. Devontae Freeman in the second round. It's a disaster. That's just through the, it's, through it's, the draft. It's, it's a disaster. 100%. I mean, every other player we pick is also terrible. Um, but disaster. But that's not where I wanted to start today. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get into the Steelers. There's a lot to unpack there with the Steelers and the Chiefs game yesterday. Um, but I'm gonna glue. I'm gonna glue. All right, hit me. As I said, I won my home league yesterday, crushing Carton's league, frustrating my in my other uh, home league. But you know what I did yesterday, Frank? What'd you do, Greggy? I beat you, and I beat you, and I beat. Everybody, but one person for now. <laughs> Currently in our beat BFF fan duel, I am in second place with my defense still to come, down three points. As they say, let's go, baby! Crushed it. Shout out to Greggy, man. Yeah, I saw that you were in the top three yep. uh, last night, and then I didn't check it until this morning again, so shout out to Greggy. Number two, Yep. I'm assuming you have the Bears defense. I do. So you are in prime position to win 45 bucks this week. It's pretty nice. And that's why you should come join and play with the BFFs. So you can lose and give your money to me. There you go. See, I, I, pretty cool. I finished 10th out of 20, so what, a top 50%, <laughs> right? If it was a 50-50 league, I would have cashed. I felt awesome yesterday. <laughs> so I felt awesome because I was climbing the leaderboard, and I had Todd Gurley going. I was like, this is great. Life is great. Yeah, lots of weird performances overall yesterday. I don't agree, to be honest with you. I don't think there were a lot of weird performances yesterday. I thought a I lot. Mean, Antonio Brown, eleven point two points in Fanduel. So let's start there, right? Like that yeah. was a weird. That was obviously a weird performance. But I thought like everything we kind of predicted happened yesterday. Like a lot of what we expected, the high scoring games, specifically between the Steelers and the Chiefs, it happened. No, your, that your, was obvious. Your fiance bet the over. She knew. The Browns and Saints was a big letdown for me, and I was very excited about that game. I thought that was an easy over. I think we know now. That the Browns' defense is legit, but when it comes to Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, uh, even Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, like those were all fantasy duds. Aside from Michael Thomas, he's the only one who really put up kind of what we expected out of him. Everyone else in that game was a fantasy dud, Greg. Yeah, you know, it, it, that game was a fantasy dud. Um, this Carlos Hyde got in the end zone. Um, Falcons-Panthers for a while was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And then McCaffrey just started racking up receptions. Tevin Coleman was racking up yards on the ground. They didn't do anything in the receiving game. Um, Matt Ryan rushes for touchdowns, which is very frustrating. Um, we're going to get into all that in, in a moment, but I do want to start with the Steelers and the Chiefs, a game where no one expected these guys to throw combined for double-digit touchdowns, Roethlisberger and Mahomes. But you knew it was going over. You knew there was going to be a lot of points scored in this game. But perhaps the biggest story outside of Mahomes and, and Roethlisberger, and we're going to get to it in just a second, is Antonio Brown, who had 11 fan duel points yesterday. And with Big Ben throwing for 450 yards, Antonio Brown had like 70 of them. When this team was scoring, when Juju was scoring, when Ben Roethlisberger was scoring, when James Conner was scoring, AB was not part of that celebration. He was not part of the relay with Juju Smith-Schuster. He was not part of the huge group hug with Ben Roethlisberger. Where was A.B.? Jogging off the sideline. There's a rumor that he aggravated a calf injury. Doesn't seem to be anything to that. He was seen screaming at the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Replaced the Ben that replaced, of course, Todd Haley. And then today, he's out there tweeting, trade me. What's going on with Antonio Brown, Frank? Yeah, I mean, unless there's some kind of injury here, I I think you give credit to the Chiefs. Obviously, he was targeted 17 times in this game, and for him to just have an average yards per catch of 7.4 in this performance, uh, I think that's a good job by the Chiefs. I mean, overall, I think Big Ben missed some throws in this game, um, but it doesn't seem like they've been on the same page overall. 
The good thing is the targets are still there. I mean, 16-plus targets in each one of his uh, first two games, 16 in week one, 17 yesterday, and he's had nine receptions in each of the first two games as well. Um, so I think based on the targets, things are going to get better for him. If he gets in the end zone in this game, I don't think we're really freaking out all that much. Uh, it was actually Juju Smith-Schuster who had the monster, monster day. And you know what's crazy, Greg? Before the season, what we spoke about is that the one thing that holds Juju Smith-Schuster back from being an elite wide receiver this year is the fact that he has to contend with Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown for targets on the team. But so far, I mean, it's Juju Smith-Schuster who really... I mean, the fact that Antonio Brown had 17 targets yesterday and Juju out-targeted him, 19 targets in this game, 13 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. It seems like Juju and Big Ben are off to a better start and have more of a connection this year than Ben and Antonio Brown. And I wonder if this goes back to the fact that Brown didn't appear in the preseason. Although he is a veteran player, he is technically under a new offense, and this is his preseason right now. So maybe, you know, there's like a clicking phase to start the year. I'm, I'm really not that worried about Antonio Brown. Maybe before the year he was the consensus number one wide receiver. Maybe now he's part of a group of like five. Yeah. He's still like a top five wide no, receiver. No, he's amazing. And it's funny because we said he had 11 fantasy points um, in FanDuel. He had like eight catches for 70 yards, something like that. I don't know. Nine for 67. Nine for 67. Oh, so that was pretty close. So yeah. he's, so he's he not over 15 in PPR. Right. So it wasn't like he destroyed you by any means. But when you see Big Ben and the Steelers put up this amount of points and this amount of yards and this many touchdowns, you expect him to have 200 yards. And it didn't happen. And a lot of that is Juju emerging. A lot of that is clearly. Um, personality issues with Antonio Brown and the staff, and certainly Big Ben. Uh, Big Ben missed him wide open in the end zone. Antonio Brown threw a bit of a temper tantrum after that. Um, if you pick Juju Smith-Schuster, you're feeling really, really good. If you pick an Antonio Brown, are you worried? Uh, as an Antonio Brown owner in multiple, in multiple places for the first time in a very, very long time, I'd say not really. As you said, maybe he's not one anymore, and he's in the group with Odell and DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. Maybe he's there. As Michael Thomas is kind of emerging as the best wide receiver in football. Um, but I still feel okay with Antonio Brown. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Again, this is likely his preseason. And look, the Steelers' defense, Joe Hayden didn't play yesterday. And obviously, the injury to Ryan Shazier last year, he's, I mean, we don't know if he's not going to ever play ever again. So his defense is not what it was. Or, yeah, they don't look good at all. So I, I think if you own Big Ben or any parts of the passing attack, even if you own James Conner, obviously, you feel good. Like, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts this year, and I think the same thing could be said um, vice versa for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I completely agree. You look at Patrick Mahomes, and there were a lot of question marks last week with if he was real, right? Like, oh, Mahomes, did, it was really just a shovel pass, and Tyreek Hill outran the defense, and he, he didn't have to do anything. And we're saying that today. Because yesterday, yeah, he was able to throw it up to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he was able to dump it off to Kareem Hunt. There were lasers to Travis Kelsey over and over and over again. That wasn't wide-open Kelsey and all Mahomes had to do was stick it there. That wasn't just people dumping it and running. That was a picture-perfect throw to Kelsey multiple times, a picture-perfect throw to Sammy Watkins multiple times, picture-perfect throw um, to Chris Conley in the end zone. Patrick Mahomes was awesome in every sense of the word. Maybe he's not running as much as I think a lot of people believed, but he has a cannon and he's a laser amount of accuracy what I like most about this Greg so far is that he's gone on the road to a I'm not gonna say LA is a hostile place but Pittsburgh can certainly yeah. be a hostile place he's gone on the road he's thrown for 10 touchdowns zero interceptions Greg and that was what we were worried about Patrick Mahomes coming into the year the fact that he's a gunslinger we saw in the preseason uh, a few costly turnovers that you know kind of look like some rookie mistakes but so far I mean I said this before the season as well Greg I just didn't see how he can fail this year when you give a guy like this these types of weapons when you have Tyreek Hill at your disposal I mean Tyreek Hill on a day where you thought he put up a dud right like he didn't have the monster game that he did he still puts five for 90 and a touchdown. He was the third most targeted player on the team and still had a very, very fine fantasy day. Like, he just has so many weapons at his disposal. Uh, I think you saw a bounce back from Kareem Hunt. You feel very good about that. The fact that, you know, he had the receiving touchdown. You still want to see him targeted more in the receiving game. But Sammy Watkins bouncing back, actually showing some sign of life. Because even going back to preseason, he had shown nothing. No type of rapport whatsoever with Patrick Mahomes. And listen, I give Andy Reid credit. Sorry, yeah. cutting you off for... Basically saying we need to get the ball to Sammy Watkins, yep. and they did. And it helped their offense even more. Yeah. Because Patrick Mahomes threw for four touchdowns last week. He comes back and throws six touchdowns this week. If you're a defense, right? We used to talk about this with EY. 
You think about stopping one part of the game. If your game plan is to try and stop Tyreek Hill or try and stop Travis Kelsey, that just means somebody else in this talented offense is going to have single coverage somewhere on the field. Whether it's Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, somebody's going to be open. There are just too many weapons on this team, and that's why I said before the season, I just don't see how Patrick Mahomes can fail based on the talent that he's surrounded with here. You want to talk about an overreaction, Greg? If we were drafting today, how many quarterbacks do you draft ahead of Patrick Mahomes? It's a great question. It's a very, very good question. Because can you say Aaron Rodgers, given the injuries, right? The injuries that he's dealing with. Can you deal with Russell Wilson knowing that Doug Baldwin is out for a significant period of time, given their offensive line problems. Can you say Deshaun Watson, given their offensive line? He looks extremely rusty, too. And he looks very, very rusty. Can you, will you say Tom Brady and Drew Brees? Zero point zero. That's Chris Pavona's answer for you. Zero point zero. That's a really good question, Frank. He's a top five quarterback already right now. Yes, he is. He might be top three. I'm still drafting Tom Brady in front of him. I'll say that. I'll say that. Safer floor, obviously. We've seen him do it for so long. Not many people have more upside wanna, than Patrick I Mahomes I think I'd right still now. draft Drew Brees in front of him. Drew Brees has looked good. That's the thing. It's like, out of the elite quarterbacks, a lot of them we've seen one good game and one bad game. Right. Well, we went you, for Tom Brady. You, obviously, you, faced Jacksonville yesterday. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or would you rather have Patrick Mahomes? I'd still take Rodgers, but I understand the hesitancy. I agree. Given the injuries. So, would you have Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes? He's only had one game. I'll still take Russell. Right, I, so, think, I think he's right there. So Mahomes probably, is probably going to be five for you. Yeah, and I had him ranked. Would you, have, would you rather have Mahomes or Roethlisberger? Mahomes. Hmm. Yeah. But I think they're close. I had both of those guys inside my top ten before the, during draft season. Yep, so there you go. Mahomes about number five for both of us. You know, give or take. Yeah, and after he throws four t- touchdowns next week, then maybe or, he's number one. Or he throws four <laughs> interceptions and he's number ten. Yeah, he's going up against San Francisco. I saw something that said the preliminary over-under for that game is 55. San Francisco <laughs> against Kansas City. That's going to be fun. They're all fun with Casey And that's right the now. first home game in Arrowhead, too. Let's go! It's going to be wild. We're taking a break. When we come back on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, let's talk Philly and Tampa because the Eagles will have a new quarterback next week after Ryan Fitzpatrick moves to 2-0 against them. Stick around. More on the VFF Snack. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever. And if you enjoy playing DFS but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineup and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to myboogie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's myboogie.ag. The promo code is... F-N-T-S-Y. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank, I wanted to mention the Eagles and the Bucks. A lot of people took the Eagles in Survivor yesterday going down to Tampa. Defending champs, you said, are they not being shown any respect? Question is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick being shown enough respect? He goes to 2-0, Deshaun Jackson. First play of the game, revenge game. Long touchdown against the Eagles. Bucks never trailed. Bucks look good again. We should have seen that one coming too, right? The Deshaun I Jackson. I think I did. Did you? Did you start Deshaun Jackson anywhere? No, I mean I saw the Bucks. The Bucks part coming. Oh, just the the trap game. Yeah. But Deshaun Jackson going up against the uh, the Eagles in the revenge game, as you mentioned. I mean, the first play it was just absolutely ridiculous. Four receptions, 129 yards, and a touchdown for Deshaun Jackson. And I said this to Jim Day last Monday when you were out, Greg. I said we've seen glimpses of Ryan Fitzpatrick being fantasy viable. I mean, back in 2015 when he was with the Jets, he had Brandon Marshall, he had Eric Decker, he had phenomenal weapons, 
and he showed you. Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks are playing with house money. They're just going out. They're having fun. Uh, they're playing like they have nothing to lose, and that is a dangerous, dangerous team. And, and that makes Ryan Fitzpatrick extremely fantasy viable right now. He just doesn't care. And the fact that he has all these weapons at his disposal, you've seen it. He can throw to anybody in this offense, and they can make a big play, whether it's Deshaun Jackson down the field. Last week, it was Mike Evans over Marshawn Lattimore, and Mike Evans also scored a touchdown inside the red zone this week on a sick quick slant play where he basically shook uh, Mills out of his boots. They have Chris Godwin, who they can use at their disposal. And then, on top of all that, they have O.J. Howard, a tight end who could score 75-yard touchdowns, Greg. Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick has Wally Pipp, Jameis Winston. I don't see a chance that Jameis Winston gets this job back, at least not right away, unless Fitzpatrick absolutely bombs the next two games. But based on this start, he looks like he is at least a high-end QB2. He's a borderline quarterback one right now. Well, the... Technically, right now, he, he is the quarterback one. I mean, factually, objectively, yes. But not just what he's done over the first two games, talking about projecting forward. We've seen seasons where he finishes as a quarterback one, Greg. In 2015, he finished as the QB 11 overall. He threw for 31 touchdowns. That's a Jets franchise record. He's proven that he can be fantasy viable when he has weapons around him, and that's exactly what he has right now. It's interesting. This offense clearly built well for him. He has Deshaun Jackson, and he has Chris Godwin to be deep. He's got Mike Evans to do a little bit of everything. This is why OG we Howard's loved, been fantastic. This is why we loved James, James Winston. Winston last year, though. This is what we thought his upside can be, and it hasn't come to fruition, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is making the most of his opportunity right now. If you picked him up in a super flex league, you feel phenomenal. Yeah, you do. You, you, you feel absolutely awesome right now. But you have to ask this. The running game has been non-existent. Peyton Barber has not been good. Jaquiz Rogers has not been good. Ronald Jones, I think, he was inactive yesterday. He was. So, Holy scratch. Would you buy low on Ronald Jones right now? Snatch him on the bench because Peyton Barber. You don't even have to buy low. He's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Would you pick him up? Depends who you drop. Like there are a lot of stashable running backs right now. Like Rashad Penny's a stashable running back. Sure, I'll take Rashad Penny because at least he's playing. Right, I, I agree with that. But like for me. Um, I have like Cortland, Cortland Sutton on the bench, James Washington on the bench. I'm going to drop those guys to get a shot to me on Ronald Jones. Only because Peyton Barber and Jacuz Rogers look terrible. They're going to have to get this run game going sooner or later. And I think that's going to be Ronald Jones. Just saying. It's not a bad idea. I think based on the guys that you mentioned, like if you have players on your bench who are absolutely doing nothing right now, I mean, so is Ronald Jones. But Greg's right. Like Peyton Barber has not seized this opportunity. Jacuz Rogers, we know what he is. He's a journeyman who can fill in if there's injuries for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but he's still not great overall for an NFL perspective. They used a very high draft pick on Ronald Jones. He looked absolutely lost in the preseason, but they do need to get something going, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when, if a team just says, we're going to allow you to beat us on the ground with a running game and really just drop everybody back into coverage and start double-teaming and triple-teaming players, what happens in those games? Does Ryan Fitzpatrick crumble? Does he start to turn the ball over a ton like we've seen him do in the past? And are they able to take advantage of that? Is the running game able to take advantage once teams say, okay, well, we're, we're not going to let you beat us through the air anymore, Tampa Bay. You have to beat us on the ground. What happens then? Exactly. It's, go, it's, going, it's going to happen sooner I mean, or later. NFL teams are smart enough to say, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy has thrown eight touchdowns. He's added a rushing touchdown on the ground in week one. We're not going to let this guy beat us, beat us through the air. And if I'm, not, if I'm mis- not mistaken, Greg, I believe it's Tampa Bay versus Pittsburgh next week. Which is going to be an absolute shootout as yes, well. Yes, it will. The Steelers' defense is not good right now, but that's a must-win game for Pittsburgh. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in that game. On the other side for the Bucs, the Philadelphia Eagles fell. Jay left this game for most of the, for really the entirety of the first half. Came back after halftime uh, with he- healthy. He had a back injury. There was no Darren Sproles yesterday, um, and Jay out for a while. Came back and. Many fantasy owners were thrilled. Now, wide receiver-wise, they don't have much left. Alshon Jeffries hurt. Mike Wallace broke his leg. Mac Hollins is on the IR. Their offensive weapons right now are Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar, and that's it. The quarterback throwing them the ball, that's going to change. Carson Wentz has been cleared and will start, according to Doug Peterson, this week. Week three for the Eagles. He has been cleared. He is ready to rock. They face the Colts this week. If you're a Carson Wentz owner, you throw him out there. I would ideally you'd want to you'd want to take a like wait and see if you have a better option like if you drafted a Patrick Mahomes later on or a Jimmy Garoppolo or someone like that I don't I think Carson Wentz will be right outside my top twelve next week uh, if you have Ryan Fitzpatrick this is crazy to say. 
but going up against the Steelers, you have to start Fitzpatrick. I'm going to use Fitzpatrick over a guy like Carson Wentz as well. So I'd want to take take a wait and see. It depends on who you have. If you play in a super flex and you've been stashing uh, Carson Wentz, you probably have no choice but to use him. Uh, as for the weapons in this passing attack, they've just announced that Alshon Jeffrey is going to try and practice this week. He's still week to week. I don't know if he'll be back uh, in week three against the Colts. But if not, I mean, it's just more the same for Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. They're going to be the most targeted uh, options in this passing attack. And Nelson Aguilar, look, we wrote this guy off after his first year. We, we, he was basically left for dead. Um, he's a legitimate NFL wide receiver. He showed that uh, yesterday multiple times on the touchdown. That was a phenomenal play on his part. And then Zach Ertz, a guy who nearly scored a touchdown as well, still had 11 receptions for 94 yards. So it's just more of the same for the guys in that passing attack. Um, I think it was hard to get the run game going because they were trailing early in this game. J.H.I. saved his day by scoring a touchdown. But again, it's more of the same moving forward. Look, look at the run, the carry distribution in this game. J.H.I. seven carries. Again, he missed a lot of it. Wendell Smallwood, seven carries. Corey Clement, six carries. Uh, and then Corey Clement, also six targets. Um, and Ajayi and Smallwood had a target each. So it's just, it's more of the same from Doug Peterson uh, and the Eagles running backs. You just, you have to hope Ajayi is healthy. And if he is, if this back injury isn't a, you know, a big scare, and he's a boomer bust low end RB2, I think that's kind of where he's going to be every week. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Completely, completely agree with that. Nelson Aguilar, as you said, looks really like a... NFL receiver. I know, I know it was a lot of underneath stuff two weeks ago, or last week, I should say. He was all over the field yesterday. He was awesome. He was absolutely awesome. Yeah, 8 for 88, so about 11 yards per catch, which is fine, but just he's really fine-tuned himself as a wide receiver in terms of route running, uh, his hands, especially what he did in the red zone on that touchdown, too. So I was incredibly impressed by Nelson Aguilar yesterday. I will go as far as to say once Alshon Jeffrey returns, Nelson Aguilar is still the top wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm completely with He's you. He's just much more spry. He's quicker out of his breaks. Alshon Jeffrey's coming off a shoulder injury, so I don't know you know, how many snaps is he going to play right out of the gate. Um, are they going to trust him on deep throws down the field? He just didn't look like the same wide receiver last year overall. I know he had a big Super Bowl, but I think Nelson Aguilar is kind of taking over as this team's top wide receiver. Now, Frank, let's move on to Cleveland and move on to, Phil- and move on to the Saints. And the reason I got that confused was because Vegas currently has the leader in the clubhouse to get Josh Gordon. Get to that in a moment. Philly. Interesting fit. You know how Roseman loves to trade. Philly desperately needs wide receivers right now. We'll see. Josh Gordon was announced that he will no longer be part of the Browns on Saturday. They said they were going to release him. Obviously, they're going to trade him because there is value there. There's a lot of smoke here. A lot of clouds. And I don't exactly know the answer. I don't, pun intended? Not pun intended. No pun intended, to be honest with you. He is still in good standing with the league. He has not failed a drug test. The rumor was that he hurt his hamstring again at a photo shoot of some sort. Now, I don't know if it, what kind of photo shoot where he was like sprinting and hurting his hamstring, but something on a Friday after practice where he hurt his hamstring. And because of that, it sounds like he was late to the walkthrough on Saturday because he was probably embarrassed to show everybody that he hurt his hamstring. And that was the last straw for Cleveland. So they cut Josh Gordon, start Antonio Callaway on Sunday afternoon, and then go on to lose to the Saints in a game they should have won multiple times. This is what we call the same old Browns. What's going on with the Browns and Josh Gordon? What do you do if you're a fantasy owner? What are you thinking? Well, I own Josh Gordon in multiple leagues. I'm not going to drop him yet. I'm just going to sit tight. And I know, um, you know some people already asked about dropping him. I can't do that. I mean, we still know what the talent is with Josh Gordon. He's going to land somewhere. Uh, it's going to be interesting because obviously he has to learn a playbook, but he's still a guy where, like, if you just say, run down the field, I'm going to throw you the ball, like, he can make that happen. So if you pair him with Carson Wentz, I think that's interesting. But once you get Jeffrey healthy and Josh Gordon, if he ends up there, and Nelson Aguilar, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. So that'll be interesting. Again, we're just speculating. Uh, we've seen the Eagles linked to them, the 49ers linked. Uh, some people have thrown out the Dallas Cowboys, but apparently they've turned that down. Uh, and then even Seattle, I think, makes a lot of sense. Cleveland's already said they would rather trade him to the NFC. So I think those are kind of your three or four leading candidates for him. I'm not dropping Josh Gordon. As for Cleveland, look, Zane Gonzalez had multiple opportunities last week. He had opportunities this week. I don't think it'll be surprising if he's cut from the team, if they go out and get a Dan Bailey or a Kai Forbath or a, another veteran cook, kicker out there. So I can tell you this, uh, Blair Walsh, Cairo Santos, already yeah. in the building today. Okay, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Not surprised by that. Um, so you got to feel just for Browns fans overall, that was a crazy game. Um, Antonio Callaway, 
I think is the biggest beneficiary of Josh Gordon being cut. We saw him score the long touchdown, 47-yarder, um, but he was still only targeted four times in this offense. Jarvis Landry had seven targets, Rashard Higgins had seven targets, and David Njoku had seven targets as well. So I was expecting Landry to have a big game in this one. Uh, that didn't obviously happen, but I would expect him to be the leading receiver moving forward. And if you looked at his route tree, how he was used in week one, I haven't looked at his route tree yet in this one, in week one, Todd Haley basically lined up um, Jarvis Landry like Antonio Brown Yeah, from his past days with the Steelers. So Jarvis Landry looks like he's going to be that all-around go-to guy. I think David Njoku sees an uptick as well in this offense. But it's basically Landry, Njoku, Carlos Hyde are the most fantasy relevant. And then if you want to take a stab on Antonio Callaway uh, off the waiver wire this week, I, I think that makes sense as well. Um, I have people asking me, do you think they're getting a little bit tired of Tyrod Taylor here? Do they, move, do they start to think about it? I don't things? think so. I don't yeah. think we're there yet. I don't think so either. They could be 2-0. They seem to be 2-0. I just look at yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, if the kicker does his job, then they're, yeah, they're 2-0. So, no. I, I think, I don't think but you can easily say he didn't play a good game in week one. It might have been weather-related. 22 for 30 in this one. Okay, that's fine. Uh, one touchdown and then 26 yards rushing. I think overall we all expected more from Tyrod Taylor and, and the Cleveland Browns in week two. I, I agree. But the I defense think, is legit, though. They're good. The defense is absolutely legit. They're, are there, who did they play this week? The Jets, Thursday Jets. night. I would pick the Browns don't play they're, on they're Thursday a top, They're going to be a top 12 defense for me. I would pick week. them up. Yeah. Very interesting. Thursday night in Cleveland? It's in Cleveland. Home team on a Thursday night? Played the Bengals last That's week? That's their home opener. I'm interested. I'm interested in the dog pound. Yeah. I like it. We'll maybe we'll look at that on the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm sure the, the people who scheduled this were hoping that it would be Sam Darnold and Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield at this point. Of course. But look, Sam Darnold has shown he's going he's gonna to be turnover prone. Actually, that's not true but, because they weren't on the team yet. Schedule comes out before the NFL draft. Oh, all right. Well, they knew they had top three picks each, so. Yes, they did. They probably foresaw or yeah. hoped something. Yes, they did. For the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas is otherworldly. He is absolutely incredible. Number one wide receiver after the first two weeks of the season. He's been spectacular. Alvin Kamara um, was good. Not as good as people thought he would be yesterday, but absolutely dominating carries. It's going to be really interesting when Mark Ingram comes back to figure out his role in this offense, Frankie. Yeah, this was just an interesting game overall. If you look at the, the run distribution, Alvin Kamara had 13 carries, only ran for 46 yards, so less than four yards per carry. Uh, he hasn't really been great in terms of rushing the ball so far this year, but still so versatile in terms of uh, you know, what he can do as a receiver out of the backfield. Six targets, caught all six for 53 yards. I think once Mark Ingram returns, I don't know that Ingram gets the same type of workload that he had last year, but I think we will see a very, very similar split to we did Last season. I think Alvin Kamara sees a slight uptick to what he was doing last year. Maybe he's in that, you know, 13, 14 carry range and like four, five, six receptions per game. So he's going to be in like 18 to 20 touches. And I think Mark Ingram, uh, once he gets back, I think they'll get back to running more efficiently overall as well. And I could see him in that kind of like 15, 16, 17 touch range. Um, so I think it'll be close to a 50-50 split with maybe Alvin Kamara uh, slightly over. But yeah, Michael Thomas, again, he's... You know, top five, maybe top three wide receiver in the game. Um, and even in a day where Drew Brees wasn't great, still threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, so shout out to the Browns defense again. I think they proved that they are legit shutting this, uh, the, the Saints uh, offense down to only 21 points. Yeah, to me, it's more of what the Browns defense did than inefficiency by the, the Saints offense. Drew Brees, is, it looks fine. I'm, I'm very much in uh, on Drew Brees here uh, and the Saints who improve to one and one. Last week, the Cleveland Browns tied the Steelers. This week, another tie. The Packers and Vikings tied after the Vikings had their own kicker problems with their fifth-round draft pick who could not convert on multiple occasions. Aaron Rodgers, listen, he looked hampered in, in every way. Scrambles where he'd normally run for 10, 15 yards, he couldn't move. You know, he, he simply could not. But if you started Devontae Adams, who had battled his own injury issues last week, he felt great. Led the team in targets. Had a, a typical Devontae Adams touchdown where he made somebody miss and got in the end zone. He looked fantastic. Jimmy Graham was very much involved. Geronimo Allison got involved in the second quarter, in the second half, rather. Um, so even Jamal Williams, who I was forced to start yesterday, he was a lead back. He got the ball a lot. And maybe with his Rodgers injuries, he will continue to. We'll see with Aaron Jones coming back this week. So a lot to take away from the Packers' side of this game, Frankie. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was definitely hampered. Uh, I lowered him in my rankings. He was closer to 10 than he was to 1, which is not the normal case for Rodgers. But based on the injury and the matchup to 
Uh, against Minnesota, I, I think that made a lot of sense. I'm very encouraged by Jimmy Graham getting more involved in this game. Remember, he should have also had a touchdown in this game that got taken off the board because of a holding penalty, but he was the second most targeted receiving option for the Packers in this game. Eight targets, six receptions, 95 yards. So you feel great about that. Uh, in a matchup against the Vikings, which we thought would be pretty tough, um, I think this is more of the target breakdown that we'll be used to moving forward. Uh, I think, obviously, it's Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, and then Allison and Cobb had six targets each in this game. Uh, maybe it's more so like Adams 10 on a weekly basis, and then Allison Cobb like seven range, but I think it's going to be clearly Adams and Graham, and then those other guys kind of battling for the third receiver spot. Jamal Williams, you mentioned, he had 16 carries. He also had three receptions, so 19 touches, but again, just very inefficient. At what point do we say with Jamal Williams, all right, last year it wasn't just the fact that he didn't play with Aaron Rodgers. He's just not really a very efficient running back. He's kind of like a plotter. Yeah. I think there's a chance Aaron Jones has an opportunity here to come in and steal his job, Greg. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's get to the other side. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And we're going to be joined by a guest, DKMS representative. Kevin Oldenburg is here in studio with us to talk about his experience with DKMS. Stick around. More from your BFFs right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman with you, you BFFs, and right now joining us in studio, want to talk a little DKMS, it's Kevin Oldenburg. Kevin, how are you, sir? Very good. Thank you for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Big Giants fan across from me at the table and also um, has done some work with, with DKMS, which, of course, we would love to hear about. And that's where I want to start. I want to hear your story with DKMS. Well, I guess it started with a trip to the county fair and sure. walking by a, a tent and uh, they asked if I uh, wanted to uh, get swabbed. Uh, there was a little boy named Kai that uh, had leukemia and they needed to try to find a marrow uh, match for him. And then I forgot about it. And about two years later, I got a call and a FedEx package and an email within a pretty quick time. And uh, they, they said it was a match to a patient. And so they started the process, confirmatory typing, blood work and such. But they chose to go with a different donor. Uh, about a year later, I get a, another phone call that the doctor's ready for me to go and donate. So two trips down to Washington, D.C. Uh, one was to uh, do a big, big physical uh, workup, blood work, and... Um, just make sure I was physically fit to, to do the donation. And uh, then I had to give a pint of blood, uh, which would then be brought down to D.C. for um, put, put back in me after the marrow was taken out. And then uh, another trip down to D.C. in the end of uh, January uh, of that uh, following year. And off we went. How long ago was that? Uh, five years. Have you met the person you donated since? I did. They, uh, they surprised me with a, a meet on The View. Uh, last June, uh, in front of a uh, studio audience and millions of uh, folks on uh, watching on uh, air. You can actually check that out. It's on YouTube. Um, Kevin's whole experience on The View, um, meeting the person that, that he donated to. Um, just talking to you and, and hearing that story, it, like, yeah, I, I get the chills. I, don't, I think it's impossible not to. You can see Frank's hair is going up, too. <laughs> um, what did it mean to you? You know, you don't think about it until after that call comes. And then once the call comes, it's all you're going to do. You know, and that's why they do the physical workup on you, because you're going to go through it. Um, they're going to be your advocate to make sure you're able to, because once you have that ability to save a life, you just do it. And that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, it's real. And when we talk about this and, and you read a promo or you visit a website or you watch a, a YouTube video or you go to Google, but that's real it's it's literally come to the hospital do all this blood work go down to dc twice and it's real because you're actually saving someone's life 
It's not for dramatic purposes. It's not for, ooh, it's real. Real life. It's not a movie or, or a story. It's, I, I just, it's just wild to me how real it is, Frankie. Yeah, not only that, like, you got to meet the person who obviously you helped save your life. I mean, we've had tons of DKMS uh, representatives, people who've come in and, and have also uh, donated. They've come in and, and shared their story as well. And every time that we hear a story, uh, like Greg said, I mean, your hair stands up a little bit. You hear how um, emotional, you just hear the emotion in your voice like when you're talking about it, the fact that you can actually go out there and save someone's life. It, it truly is awesome uh, to know that, you know, you along with so many, so many other people have been able to do this. Uh, it's great. It's great, Greg. We're with Kevin Oldenberg. Kevin Oldenberg, he is, of course, a DKMS um, donor. He, he was able to donate his bone marrow, save someone's life, and we do that. We mean that for real. Head on over to dailyroto.com slash DKMS, and you can see uh, how you could be the next person to actually save someone's life. It's all over at dailyroto.com slash DKMS. We've worked with DKMS for over a year now. We've done fantastic promotions with them, um, and it's all in an effort to help save lives and we mean that um in every sense of the word kevin uh we were you said you're a big giant fan mm -hmm. uh what did you think of last night <laughs> <laughs> what do you say uh you you say nothing because it was terrible uh it yeah. was terrible yeah it absolutely was greggy um and you <laughs> look you guys know i'm not a giants fan but uh in in an attempt to pull off the impossible this weekend greg i did something bizarro something that a jets fan should never do I bet on both the Giants and the Patriots. Kevin, let me ask you this. I caused this, Greg. Let I me, caused let this. Let me ask you this. I shifted the universe. Sir, you, you are a Giants <laughs> fan, right? Uh, do you, how, what are your feelings on the Jets? In all honesty. Well, as a Giants fan, you really can't root for the Jets, can you? I don't care about the Jets. I don't like most Jet fans. I like Frank. He's my best friend. Yeah, we're best friends. But I don't care about the Jets. They don't mean anything to me. But for Frank to text me last night and be like, they lost because of me. How could I bet on the Pats and the Giants? I am, what a bad Jet fan that makes me. I'm like, dude, I get the I Pats. I was a bad Jet That's fan. what you were implying. No, I was saying I shifted the universe. It, I gave them bad juju because I'm a Jets fan who should not be but the betting on our division rival dude. and our crosstown rival. It's the Giants and the Mets. What do I care about the Mets for? The Yankees and the Mets, rather. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about the Mets. I bet on the Mets. Great. You probably did when they made it to the World Series. No. Did you, did you want them to win the World Series? I didn't care. You're a liar. Bathroom for one team. It wasn't really for them. <laughs> exactly. I didn't really care that much. I caused this, Greg. Oh, See, you're selfish. <laughs> you're selfish. I'll never do it again. Kevin Oldenburg is here. I donated bone marrow uh, in the past. Saved someone's life. Do you play fantasy football? I do. How's your team doing? Well, we're one and one now. Okay. Uh, uh, Lost this week. Who uh, who let you down this week? Uh, well, I, I just picked up T. Y. Yeldon, and uh, sure, he didn't do so well yesterday for me. Well, let, let's get into T. J. Yeldon here for a moment with the Jags, who defeated the the Patriots yesterday pretty uh, pretty easily. In all honesty, they they were aggressive in that fourth quarter. They stuck the the foot on the pedal. They were amazing in the first half as well. Frankie, I asked you multiple times last week about T. J. Yeldon. And he was the number one free agency pickup. We'll get into waivers, obviously, on tomorrow's show. Um, everybody picked up T.J. Yeldon and expected big things. And I kept bringing up Corey Grant to you and being like, hey, do we have to worry about this? And you're like, it's kind of coach speak. Like, he'll be involved, but I'm not worried about it. You expect T.J. Yeldon to get Leonard Fournette's workload for the most part. It didn't happen that way. Corey Grant was very much involved. He was used all over the field. It was a Blake Bortles game for sure. How surprised were you by this with what the Jaguars did yesterday? Obviously, you've been on the Patriots, as you said. Yep. Uh, I was more so surprised by the offensive game plan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Say what you want about Yeldon, 10 carries for 58 yards. I mean, he did his job, 5.8 yards per carry. Sure. On a per-carry basis, he was fine, but he just didn't get a lot of work in this game. We would have expected him to get even more than that. Corey Grant had four carries, but where he actually made his presence felt was in the passing game. Seven targets, six receptions, 56 yards. Normally, that's TJ Yeldon. But they came out last week, and they said Corey Grant would be more involved. And so, you know, shout out to them. They actually did what they told us that they were going to do. But you saw very early in this game and throughout, in a game where they were leading, you would have expected maybe they milked the clock a little bit with TJ Yeldon. The broadcast made this clear to everybody that after losing to the Patriots in the AFC Championship, that the Jaguars were going to be more aggressive today, and that's exactly what they did. They let Blake Bortles throw the ball 45 times in a game that he didn't have to throw the ball 45 times. 
But that's because the obvious weakness of the Patriots' defense, and I don't think they're really good anywhere, but the secondary was brutal, and you've seen that. Wherever Eric Rowe lined up yesterday, they were just targeting him nonstop. Keelan Cole looked amazing. D.D. Westbrook had that late 61-yard touchdown in this game. Dante Moncrief scored a touchdown. Austin Safarian Jenkins uh, scored a touchdown. They made it a point of emphasis to be aggressive and put the ball in Blake Bortles' hands, and Blake Bortles showed that he can still Bortle for fantasy purposes, right? 377 yards and four touchdowns? He was absolutely phenomenal. I, I, th- I thought it was a good job by the play calling overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know that we've, we could have honestly predicted that, Greg. No, I don't think we could have either. And Keelan Cole was amazing yesterday. That one-handed grab, I don't know if you saw it. Ridiculous. Dude, I watched it's it going to be one of the re- catch of the years. Absolutely. It was, it was incredible. Unfortunately for you, it wasn't DJ Yeldon. But Keelan Cole was awesome yesterday. And I read an interview uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for Jacksonville, who said after the loss in the divisional play in the AFC Championship game last year, they wanted to be more aggressive. They didn't want to be on their heels. Aggressive as they were in the first half in that playoffs last year. They were going to keep it going in, third, in the third and fourth quarter. And they opened up the offense. Man, it was like second and thirteen or so. Um, with four minutes to go, and instead of just handing the ball off to TJ Yeldon a couple of times, make the Patriots burn their timeouts, they threw it up to Niles Paul, who came down with it for a first down, and and that was it. Game over. So Jacksonville was aggressive uh, and was awesome. On the other side, the New England Patriots. Chris Hogan scored twice, as predicted by us. Pew. Neither of us started Fancy him. Trap game. Saw that coming. Uh, Gronk was not so good. No. Jalen Ramsey and Co. shut him down. And the Patriots are now two games away from getting Julian Edelman back. What did you think of the Patriots' offense yesterday? What can we learn? I know they faced Jacksonville. What can we learn, Frankie? We learned that the, pay, uh, the running back situation is still going to be a headache, regardless. Nice. There's nice. three guys. And honestly, the one that you trust most right now is James White because he has the safest floor every single week. You know he's going to be involved in the pass game, you know that he's going to be targeted. He led the team in targets with eight. Led the team in all receiving categories, seven receptions, 73 yards, and we thought that could have been the case. Sony Michelle didn't look terrible, but 10 carries for 34 yards. Rex Burkhead, six carries for 22 yards. Neither was great, but you know they were trailing for a lot of this game. They got uh, the Jaguars got off to an early lead, and that didn't really allow them to run the ball. I think, based on the usage that we just saw yesterday, that it's going to be more so Sony Michelle on early downs, and then James White is going to have his role, and then I guess, you know, the change of pace there, Deion Lewis, per se, from last year, is, is going to be Rex Burkhead. So it's going to be hard to figure out every week. I think, you know, if I'm ranking them week in and week out, in PPR, James White is going to be the one that I rank the highest. Uh, Philip Dorsett, whatever, 5 for 44. But Chris Hogan uh, scored two touchdowns and actually lined up more in the slot yesterday. So something that we thought there was a chance that they could do is something they actually did. Uh, so that's good that you want to see that. Um, and then I guess, you know, hopefully these next two games that the Patriots have, Chris Hogan could put up close to the numbers that we expected while Julian Edelman was out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope Hogan will continue to score when he's in my lineup this time. Uh, ideally we were with Kevin Oldenburg. He is on the other side of the table. Um, one more time. Why don't you tell us how important DKMS is uh, before we sign up with YouTube? It doesn't take a whole lot just to get swabbed. Go online, DKMS.org. Um, you know, they'll send you the kit. doesn't cost you anything. Any of the workup is free. You know, it, it's taken care of. And there really was no pain, no discomfort. And I would have worked for, out of work, uh, work for a week. And, you know, did that to save a life? Seems worth it's it. worth it. Yeah. And, and, and there you go. As you said, DKMS.org, DailyRoto.com, slash uh, DKMS. The cost of you to save someone's life. They send you the, they send you the workup. They... they you go to the doctor, it's, it's their dime. It's, it's all awesome. It's all really good stuff. DailyRotor.com slash DKMS. With that, we're going to sign off YouTube for today. The Fantasy Football Frenzy is up next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, uh, we'll have you covered there. No Chris Ventura today. The closer is out sick. Uh, but Chris Ventura will be back hopefully tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. And we hope you subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us a like. And make sure you leave a comment. Of course, we'll be live on the radio going for the next five minutes. Uh, at this time, I also want to remind you, that fantasy factor is the only dfs site with exclusively single entry contests it's fun and a recreational recreational place to play with smaller leagues flatter prize pools they have great free promos like survivors super bowl squares 
and March Madness contest. Sign up today when you go to fantasyfactor.com. And that's fantasyfactor.com. We also want to remind you to head on over to dailyroto.com, particularly dailyroto.com slash DKMS, because it's a site that has produced $7 million winners. So make sure you click on Go Premium. There you have access to a line optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters of both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only has DailyRoto.com produced 7 millionaires, it's produced millions more in winnings for subscribers. And if it's sports wagering that you're into, click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to pick to use the same tools and algorithms that produce all those winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, player props, where you can capitalize player performances without having to worry about the salary caps. Go to DailyRoto.com, click Go Premium, and the, that is the industry website where millionaires are made, quite literally. DailyRoto.com, the place to be, DailyRoto.com slash DKMS, where you could go right now to learn more about saving a life. Frank, before uh, we wrap up, I did want to get to the Vikings. We talked about the Packers uh, with Minnesota. Kirk Cousins was outstanding yesterday. Yeah, he was absolutely balling. I don't know if you saw the... One of the last throws, the touchdown to Adam Thielen, where he fitted. The window that he fitted in... I thought it was intercepted twice. ...between the safety and the cornerback was one of the most phenomenal throws that I've honestly ever seen. So, shout out to Kirk Cousins. Uh, He put it all out there yesterday. I know on Carton and Friends, they were talking a lot about the uh, the, the Clay Matthews... BS hit. You know, penalty, sack, I mean... I just read before we went on the air. A great call by any means. Before we went on the air, I actually read Tony Carranti, the referee, describing it. And it wasn't the new, it was not the new rule about body weight. It was not helmet to helmet. It was not low either. It was not low. It was picking up the quarterback off the ground and driving him. So the, so the reporter asked Tony Carranti, what should he have done? And Carranti's response was, well, not that. So what is he supposed to do, Greg? I have no idea. Push him? Slightly tap him? What, I mean, I don't know. What else is Clay Matthews supposed to do? Finger poke of doom? In, in that sense. Um, look, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, they're obviously, you know, borderline wide receiver ones. They're high end wide receiver twos, low end wide receiver ones. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I was very intrigued to see this performance out of him. Eight targets, seven receptions, 72 yards. Much like Sammy Watkins, we haven't seen him really click with, Kyle, um, with Kirk Cousins yet as the quarterback. Going back to preseason. So he steps in here, finally has a pretty good game, 7 for 72. Uh, I see some people a little bit worried about Dalvin Cook. 10 for 38. I will say I love the usage that he's had in the passing game so far. He, he's had uh, 52 receiving yards yesterday, 5 targets, and 3 receptions. So he's been extremely involved in that front. Uh, and then last week he also had 6 receptions for 55 yards. Um, I actually think Dalvin Cook is a decent buy low if uh, someone's freaking out about him right now, Greg. I'm kind of interested also. Alvin Cook? Yeah, I'm kind of interested also. Like, he pulled out lame yesterday. There's a lot of people that are nervous. He says he's fine. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in Dalvin Cook, for sure, uh, on a potential buy low. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. We have time for, like, one more game, Frank. Where, where do you want to go? What, what, what is important to you? I think in, instead of a game, we should just probably just talk about a player. Like, the player that everyone's freaking out about right now. Okay. You guess the player? The player that everybody's freaking out about right now is David Johnson. That is absolutely correct. David Johnson, who had 80 catches just two years ago, had like two targets yesterday. It was terrible. Mike McCoy is doing the thing that coaches do when they're idiots, and that is instill, instilling their scheme instead of installing a scheme that fits the players. David Johnson is really good at receiving out of the backfield, really good at running outside. Of course, Mike McCoy is having none of that. We know it's all his offense because Steve Wilkes, the defensive coach, how nervous, 1 to 10, should you be about David Johnson? Four. I'm really not as nervous really? as everybody else is because he just had nine targets last week, Greg, and he caught five of those for 30 receiving yards. He scored a touchdown last week, so he is still the goal line back. I mean, he's still seeing touches. Look, they were down so early in this game, they couldn't run the ball. They had to abandon the run. He still ran 13 times for 48 yards, so on a per-carry basis, he wasn't terrible. It's just... Overall, the Arizona Cardinals' offense hasn't looked good. I, I think eventually, sooner rather than later, they're handing us off to Josh Rosen, and he can't be worse than what Sam Bradford has done. We hope. We hope. Kevin Oldenburg, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Remember, go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS right now. For Frank Stample and Kevin Oldenburg, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy BFFs. The Frenzy is up next with Corey Parson and Jim Day. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.